Hello. Hello. <laughs> and welcome back. <laughs> like, honestly, episode eight. I know this went really fast. Now we're already here. I know. I was thinking that when I signed in. It's like, holy shit, we're already doing episode eight. Cool. Go us. I'm super excited about it. Um, and also super excited that we're to the point where like we actually have, uh, uh, I was about to say albums, <laughs> um, episodes, <laughs> episodes releasing weekly and we actually are getting feedback from people now, which is really, really fun. So speaking of, we actually had someone, um, shoot us a message and they actually had a recommendation for an episode, which by the way, love that if you guys have recommendations, please, uh, send those to us because that's. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, we literally get like giddy schoolgirls. And because of the time difference, I'm on like a, you know, Erica wakes up like four hours before me. So every morning I wake up to her texting me of like how many downloads we have. So it's really exciting. We're really excited about it. So definitely send us like all of your feedback. Let us know if you want us to talk about something. With that being said, we did get a request. Well, Erica got the request. Yep. Um, so it's basically just, in short, friendships that no longer serve you. So I think this is something that resonated with Mariah and I, like, immediately. We're like, oh, yep, been there. Um, and, you know, there was a little bit more detail to it. But it, uh, that's essentially it. It's like someone that you've been super close with. You consider them to be one of your best friends. But things just change, which is normal. Um, but, like, how, how have we dealt with it? How do we feel about it? that kind of thing. So that's what we're going to cover off on today. I have, yeah, I have a few stories like that. I think that um, we can both kind of dive into a couple of different stories and like good friendships that have survived, things that have gone wrong in friendships, but also just things that like kind of just happen naturally. I think my general approach, not approach, but my general thoughts around it now as I'm older and, you know, we've, we've lived a little bit of life is that like, it just kind of seems like this, this just kind of happens. That is just a part of growth, I think. Cause if you're just, I don't know, you're just kind of stagnant, not stagnant. You just are always into the same things. You don't really explore and change and grow. Then it's going to be really, really easy to just continue to carry on with like your best friends or like all of your close relationships. Like it's not going to be rocked really. But if you're out exploring and growing and changing, you have new interests and you move around to a new city, to a new country, like you're exploring all these new things, like you're obviously going to grow and your interests are going to expand. And that might not always line up with another person. Do you kind of feel that way or do you feel like it's more of like, no, this is just people being dickheads? <laughs> you know, okay, so I feel a little bit of both, but I certainly feel a little bit more of like what you just mentioned. And I kind of feel like my mind is a little bit all over the place with this. Like I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> um, but I think that like this, the whole thing of just like growing and um, like evolving as a person and kind of like looking to see who comes along with you for the ride or who's evolving with you or who's accepting your evolution is like, those are the people that stick by you. And this is what our parents told us was going to happen. And we were like, yeah, right. Like I need to always have the coolest shoes because I care about what that person thinks of me. And they're like, trust me, you're not going to care about that in five years from now. And like, we don't. 
or or I always think about um, like drama and stuff that would happen in high school. And my mom would just be like, Erica, seriously, in 10 years, no one's going to care about this. And, and you don't like, believe them. And here no. we are. Yeah. You're like, no, these are my best <laughs> friends. These people are my life. <laughs> seriously, though, it's crazy. I think that like there's just such a huge part of like maturing and realizing more about yourself and like relying on yourself more than you rely on others, which is where like that mindset came from in high school. Like we relied on others for our happiness and others opinions to create an opinion of ourself. And like all of that just kind of starts to shift on its own when you get older, which I mean, in my experience, that's what's kind of happened to me. Oh, totally. And in this parallels like your romantic relationships too I think not you just like it parallels romantic relationships like uh my mom's friend uh growing up I she used to say all the time and I never really I was just like okay that's weird um but she would always say like I ch- I get a new husband every decade because I change every decade and I'm like what <laughs> on <laughs> what what (laughs) that's not healthy but like now that I'm older I still don't I I get what she's saying is that you do change so much as you get older and so part of your relationships if they are going to last those people have to be willing open-minded or whatever you want insert word to grow with you or to be accepting of where whatever your path ends up being so if you're you know and that I think is why I believe so 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 strongly that you shouldn't get married you know when you're really young because I think back now and I was so different from 19 to 21 to 24 to 27 to even now to at 29 like I'm very different at all of those ages and not at most of those stages, very not comfortable with myself yet. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I guess that did kind of happen to me. Like I don't, I hope that I don't have a big life change every 10 years like that one woman, but to be fair, I think she's a little unstable. So (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know if that's um, really how it should go, but you know, directionally speaking, it talks to growth. (laughs) But it's, yeah, it's so true. Like the people who grow with you are the same, like you either grow together or you grow apart, right? So like you can respect somebody else's growth, even if it isn't on the same path as yours, but there are certainly relationships, either, you know, platonic or like, you know, in a relationship kind of relationships that like you are either going to grow with that person or you're going to grow apart from them. And it's okay to do that. Like it is okay. And that's, I feel like I'm a parent talking to a teenage daughter right now saying like, it's okay. You don't have to be friends with everybody. It is just wild how that really happens. Also really important to, to keep in mind that it's okay. Like you're saying, it's okay to grow apart, but also know that that might not be the end of things. Like I think there, especially in friendships, there are phases. Like you can still be friends with someone and maybe you guys are just in very different 
phases of your growth and maybe those phases don't align right now. But it, but that doesn't mean that everything needs to be over. Like you can kind of yeah. keep in touch or whatever. And down the line, you guys might reconnect and kind of get back on the same page again. Yes. And I think that's happened to both of us. You and I had fairly similar situations with like somebody who was like really one of our best friends and well, like so different people, but (laughs) my best friend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like I had a girl um, who I was like such good friends with in college. We met in college and then we worked together for a little bit and we just kind of like grew apart and I don't really know what happened. Like, and she doesn't really know what happens. Like we just kind of stopped being friends. And like in the beginning, it was like bitter and it was a little bit ugly and um, it was sad. And I was like mourning this lost relationship or like this friendship breakup. And I was like really sad and really trying to figure out like, what did I do wrong? When looking back on it now is like, well, maybe I wasn't doing anything wrong. She wasn't doing anything wrong. Like nobody's to blame for it. We just were growing separately. We were like, you know, just on two completely separate paths. You know, we've since reconnected and like our lives had changed a lot. Like (laughs) I was married, then I was divorced, like all within that time of her being kind of gone. And now we've reconnected and it's like kind of it, it, a beginning. It was like the elephant in the room, like, okay, who fucked this up? Like what, what happened? And like, neither of us really wanted to talk about it. And now we're, we're to the point where we can just be like, you know, like, I think that was back when we didn't talk and like, I don't really know what happened, but like, I'm glad that you're good. I'm glad that we're on the same page now. And like, will things ever be the same as they were in the beginning? Well, probably not. But does that necessarily mean that the relationship isn't as strong? Like, I don't think so. It's just strong in a different way. Or it's like, just, it's just different. It's just evolved. Right. And I was actually, you kind of touched on it a little bit because I was thinking, I think especially when things just kind of happen and you, there's no incident that happened that caused the very obvious split or, you know, friction, then you almost go through this phase of, or I, I do, I tend to get very like defensive and it's like, well, they're doing this thing and they're not talking to me. So I'm not going to talk to them and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then it like becomes, it almost evolves into a thing when, like you said, it wasn't, there was just stuff happening. Like you were probably going through some stuff, like you were, you know, super busy, like working two jobs and, you know, had just gotten married and like she was, you know, kind of developing a new relationship, I guess, or, you know, whatever that was about. And, you know, and you guys were probably just in your own minds dealing with your own things, which were just taking you other places. And like, maybe there was a little bit of interpretation on both ends of like, oh, well, they're being weird or they're not acting like they normally do. And so it just kind of like builds on each other silently. Yeah. I remember like feeling bitter about it. And I remember using like this line a lot when like somebody would ask me about her, like why we weren't friends. And I was like, I don't know. Like we, we literally went from her being in my wedding to her not even being invited to my wedding. Like it was, Oh yeah. It was like a bitter and I don't know why I was bitter. And like looking back on it, why didn't I just address it then? Who knows? Like we were just both growing and 
like going through something. And that's what's interesting about friendships and just relationships in general to me. Like it doesn't necessarily, I think we make it ugly to put blame on it or to like deflect how we're actually feeling about it, if that makes any sense. And oh, we, totally. like we instantly go into, or like, I know that I'm guilty of this just in anything. Like I instantly go into this like defense, like I'm mad. It's their fault, anger, place blame kind of thing. When looking back on it, it doesn't have to be that way at all. Right. But then on the flip side, like there's friendships like ours where we didn't really start off as best friends and like, you know, first or second grade, but over the years we were we were apart like for pretty much the whole year and then together in the summer. But it always seemed like, I mean, we stayed in touch all the time, but it always seemed like when we came back together, we had changed, but in very similar ways. Yeah. But can we pause and just talk about like the beginning of our friendship? So that, um, I feel like that's a whole separate episode. No. Like the imaginary cats that you made me believe <laughs> were real and wouldn't let me be friends with you until I said that I believed in the imaginary cats that were in your book bag. I'm still scarred from that. So that's an entire separate episode. <laughs> yeah. So, it, okay. So I, I won't go into it, but basically I did not like Mariah because she, cause she was, um, she was a really good dancer and like, was, <laughs> like danced competitively and she would bring her trophies to to class and I was like oh this stuck up bitch like she thinks she's better than everyone and she would like try to like be friends with my friends I'm like "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh which like looking back on that I don't remember bringing my trophies to class so like if anything it was probably my dad being like you don't have anybody to show these to because you're like an only child and that's really sad so you should take these to school and like hear somebody say that's cool (laughs) Yeah. Little did he know it was making people hate me. (laughs) But no, and like, it's funny because, which this is not something that I even remember, but Mariah and I were on the same softball team and like my, my, but I think both of our parents remember both of us like coming home and like talking shit about each other. And like, (laughs) I hate her. (laughs) I don't, I don't remember feeling that way about you. Like, I really feel like my first memories of you are kind of like, the weird cat thing in <laughs> second grade where I wanted to hang on. We got to save that story for the, the cringy. Okay. That is so cringy on both of our parts because ew, it's just cringy. Anyways, that's kind of my first memory of you. And then like the memory of you where I have that I'm like, okay, maybe I should be friends with this girl is when we were like getting babysat at the same place. And we were both like the young kind of weird chubby girls that didn't really fit in and like people made fun Mm -hmm. of. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's funny because I remember us both getting babysat together and like us hanging out and stuff. Like I I remember all that, but I don't know. I think I was just kind of like in a neutral zone with you at that point. Like I didn't feel any kind. I think you were like the lesser of evils because I felt because I was also the I was, you know, one of the of the core, like five or six people that were always babysat there. Mm -hmm. I was the youngest. And so I was always being picked on. And what I would like tell my mom and she'd be like, you got to grow a backbone. And so I was like, oh, finally, someone on my side. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think we bonded over like being picked on at that place. 
And it wasn't that bad looking back on it. We were just, we made ourselves easy targets, but. Well, and also Mariah and I are both only children. So it was like, our, I think what we went through is what everyone with siblings went through, but we were like, eh, this is supposed to be fun. My dad's paying you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and oh. then um, anyway, so, but yeah, Mariah and I didn't actually become friends, like true friends until I moved. So our whole friendship has been uh, a little bit long, long distance. distance. Oh, no, it really has. But then we made up for it by spending like every single day together in the summers. But it is, it is interesting because I feel like we would kind of evolve in the same ways or if we evolved in different ways, like over the school year and then we saw each other in the summer, we kind of like showed each other like, oh, this is the music I've been listening to. This is the music I've been listening to. Or like, this is what the kids in my school wear and this is what the kids in my school wear. And like, we kind of just started like mixing it into our own thing. Yeah, and like at that time, especially... I was still like really, really resisting being a Texan. Like in my head, I was like, I am not staying here. Like I'm moving back to New York one way or another. And so I was very, I I just felt very emotionally connected Mm -hmm. to back home. And so like being back there, I was like, no, this is where I belong. So I think I was just very open and accepting to like, this is how, this is how things are. This is what's familiar to me. This is what I know. Mm -hmm. or who I'm going to be. But even then, so, and I don't know if you felt this way. I think we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but I think even you and I have gone through phases of where I wouldn't say that we really grew apart, but I think there was definitely like a year or two in there where we weren't, like we still talked pretty often, but not every day like we had and like we do now. And I don't know. It was kind of more like just checking in and, but I don't know if it was just like you were super busy. I was going through, you know, some shit with like, you know, I don't know, lots of other things, but I don't know. Like I felt like you and I were kind of just like not as connected as we had been in the past. And then Mm -hmm. there was a point where I think you had been carrying a lot of, like you had been, I don't know, holding on and like grappling with a lot of stuff on your own that you just weren't ready to share Mm -hmm. with anyone. And then once you finally did, I think that's when everything kind of like came back into place in a way and where we could actually like talk about things um, more openly. And it's like, okay, yeah, like this feels more like the relationship that we've had in the past. I would agree. I think there was like a weird time in college, which I think like college is where a lot of it happens And, like, I didn't necessarily have the standard college experience, and I feel like you had a little bit more of that. Like, you lived in a dorm, you went to parties, you, you know, rushed, you were doing, like, all this stuff that, like, I didn't do. Like, I was working three jobs and, like, living, Mm -hmm. like, a weird, like, young adult and trying to be 30 when I was 19. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think that we were just on two, like, different pages. And, but, like, we still, I feel like even through that, even if it seemed, like, rocky, we definitely still put in the effort to, like you said, check in and kind of, like, see where each other were. And, like, we always had, I honestly, like, I, we've talked about this before, but, like, I don't know that if our relationship, like, if we were in the same state for like our entire friendship, if like that would have survived the same as it did that we were like, we were already used to being away from each other. We were already used to like 
checking in and seeing what's new and not like necessarily being right in each other's lives and like sharing friends. I agree. I think I always wonder that. I I don't actually think that we would be as close had we like actually grown up and like lived in proximity to each other this whole yeah, time. Yeah, I think that we're too similar in some ways that we would have butt heads and then I think that we're too different in other ways that we would have been like okay, like, like you said, like this relationship, there's nothing wrong with it, but this relationship just no longer serves a purpose for me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, it sounds kind of hurtful. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not, I don't think that's hurtful. I think it's interesting though, Uh, but I, but I do agree. I think the things that you and I are really similar about are, it's, I think of it the same way, like me and my dad are very similar in certain ways and that like we have quick tempers and like we're, we, all the things that we are similar are also very, uh, they, they tend to ignite negativity. So it's like, we're very quick tempered. We get very irritated, <laughs> but we're both also introverted. And so like irritated with other people, with each other being in each other's space, if there's not like a real immediate purpose for it. <laughs> talking about my dad and so like Mm -hmm. we end up getting in like big ass fights over literally nothing like I remember my dad and I got into this is totally off topic my dad and I got into this argument once because I was like trying to get his attention I was like dad 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 like being such an annoying teenager and then he was like don't talk to me like that. I was like, okay, then father and he's like, don't call me I'm like, but you are my father and he was like (laughs) don't say that. I was like, all right, Bill. And he's like, <laughs> like went, went off on me for being disrespectful. And I was like, well, you don't want me to call you dad. You don't want me to call you father. Your name is Bill. What do you want? William? Like, I don't know what you want from me. And we just got into the most explosive fight over that to the point where I just got out of the car and just like walked. <laughs> I feel like I remember this. I feel like though, Okay, also completely off topic, and this is just like us, like our personalities in general, but you are a little bit of an instigator with stuff like that. <laughs> I, okay, I will say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vouch for myself and I say, <laughs> I am much better. I am much better, but I think it's a total. So I was actually talking to my friend Cody about this too. Um, I think I, things, things used to really bother me. Oh, okay, I got another random story for you. So, okay, <laughs> here, here's a, here's an example. Things used to really bother me that should never have bothered me. So I, um, bear with me. It's going to sound off top. It is off top. (laughs) So I have really thick hair. So sometimes it's really hard or especially back before we had all this fun hair tie technology. Now it was really hard for me to find hair ties that would like hold my hair up and actually last a long time without, you know, like hair ties suck. They break like every week. But I had this one that I had had for months and I was hanging out with my friend Abby and I was do I think I was like helping her do her hair or something. So I was using my hair tie to like, you know, separate her hair out, whatever. And for some reason it ended up on her wrist and then she left to go somewhere and I flipped out because she had my hair tied. I was like, no, I need it back. And I don't trust you. I don't trust you not to lose it. You lose everything. Bring it back now. Like, I swear to God, I may, I, 
freaked out to the point, and I was in like high school. I freaked out to the point where she, I made her bring it back to my house at like 10 o'clock at night. And she was like, you're a psycho. And so it's like stupid, stupid, stupid shit like that would make me so mad and like make me go off just like rage. And uh, I was talking to my friend Cody about this and it's like, it is totally a control issue. There's no reason like a fucking hair tie should not make me that mad or anxious or obsessive. But it was just a complete control thing. Like that's mine. You need to bring it back now. You are somehow like penetrating my my personal bubble in that in a way that I don't like. Like just fucking rage machine. Um, and so oh. I think, yeah, like I think though I'm much, much better about that now, but man, oh man. Yeah. From, you know, a really early age to, to, I don't know, probably more recent years that is that, yeah, I am very, I was very easily triggered and like little things like that could like make me go off the deep end. (laughs) No, I get that because I'm still, I think actually, we should do an episode on like things that trigger us or like pet peeves because I could like comment on this, but I feel like I could comment on it for the next 45 minutes. So we (laughs) could make it like an entire episode, but like I am so like that with little things and it really speaks to the relationships that I've had because honestly, little stupid things have really like hurt some of the relationships that I've had like friendship or romantic because I can't let go of like certain control for from, for some things like that are so stupid, like a fucking hair mm-hmm. tie. So yeah, let's make that an episode. But <laughs> that speaks a lot to growing apart or like growing. So like, okay, so if you're around somebody that is going to constantly make something little, something big, and you're also making something little, something big, like, are you guys going to butt heads? Yeah, probably. But like, you're going to get over it because you're both kind of like on that same level. Like you're both kind of on that same maturity level. However, when one of you realizes like what you just said to me, oh my God, I used to get mad over the stupidest things. Well, if that person, if you're able to get past those things or at least recognize it in yourself, like that's growth. And if the person A isn't there yet, then like that's where you guys start to separate paths. I wish that you could see my hands right now because I'm like (laughs) swimming on different paths, you know, like (laughs) I could, I can envision it. I have two fish hands right now. I don't know. I think that that's, that's huge. And like you just saying, you know, I realize that that's a control issue. Like that's your growth. So like, that's where you've grown in the, like as becoming an adult, as you age, you've grown. Yeah. And it, in- but, it, but like you're saying though, it's totally, it just depends on your relationship with the other person. So, you know, like I was talking to my friend Cody about this because I've also done that to him a couple of times. He's such a like very patient person that he oh, can just be he like, is. yeah. And so he could just be like, okay, I understand this is something that's important to you. I'm going to step away. I'm going to let you deal with this. We'll talk later. It's not a big deal. And like Abby's kind of the same way. She's like, all right, psycho, you go, you go feel your feelings. I'll be back. And so I think that's kind of whatever. And, you know, same with Rob is he's been able to say, okay, I now know these are 
certain things that you do to work through feelings that you have that you maybe don't know how to because I think that's the other thing too is like you suddenly I feel mad or like what I feel all these negative feelings but I can't tell you why like I so in order I can't work through it because I don't know why I'm feeling this way Mm -hmm. and which makes it really hard to just because the easy thing is like oh I should just be able to talk to you about this and tell you that you did this thing that upsets me and this is why please let's agree on not you know why you did it why I feel this way okay I understand better now whatever like that's obviously the easy path but if you can't get to that first step then it makes it so hard so that's when again just looking at where you are in your life in growth whatever and where the other person is whether that's a friend or a romantic you know partner whatever the situation is those two compatibilities are the things that are most important because if you are also cuz cuz i think like you're saying like if you have two people that are both kind of explosive like that, but you understand that you're both like that. That actually, yeah, that might work for a little while, but it also might really wear on the relationship after a long time. I agree. But again, like it doesn't have to be, that's not permanent. So like I did have, you know, not, it's not the exact situation where we were like both explosive in that way, but it was just a friendship that had a lot of tension because her actions had a lot of impact on my life. Um, this was like mostly in college. And it just got to a point where it's like, this doesn't work anymore. There was, and there was a big fight. So in my case, there was an actual incident that instigate, instigated us not being friends anymore. But it was, it was like, it was something that I can say now I was wrong. But in the moment, I didn't care. Look at that I was, growth, though. Uh, yeah, I was oh, wrong. It was so fucked up. But I was like, I've been through too much. Um, my patience and my level of understanding and my willingness to try to understand or care or work through this is absolutely gone. So it was like we're in the middle of this fight where – I was just technically didn't do anything wrong, but I know why I would be mad if I was also if I was in her shoes, but I just didn't care. I was just like, you know what? I don't I don't think that this is going to work. Like, I don't want you trying to dictate my life for me, especially just given everything that we've been through. Um, I'm just over it. And so sorry that you can't deal with it. And then we just never really spoke again for years until, you know, I think a few years ago, we find that we had the same moment that you and your friend had where it was just like, okay, like she had been through some shit, like kind of came around to some of the things that I had had issues with, you know, before I had had a lot of growth, we were able to sit down um, have, you know, have dinner together. And I went into it, like you said, expecting there to be this like big elephant in the room. Like we were going to have to like talk through all the things. And I was super nervous. I was like, I don't really want to rehash anything. Like it's just, it was so long ago and it's, it's so not important now. And, but we didn't have to do anything like that. It was just kind of like, Hey, like, I'm sorry for the way I treated you. And she was like, yeah, and I'm sorry for all the other shit too. Like it was just a crazy 
time and we just were like, yep, cool. And we moved on from it. So I think that that period of being separate was super important because uh, I think you need the break to kind of heal in a way. Mm -hmm. And then and then, you know, we came back if she was just still you know, doing all the same shit, then it would be different. Also, this actually leads me to another thought is that sometimes expectations are really important in your friendships Mm, too. Yeah. You can't, not all your friends can play the same role in your life. Some people can't be, can't fulfill a role that you need them to fulfill. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, and so you can't force someone to be that because you're always going to be disappointed. Yes, I think that that is huge. And going back to, so I think we're kind of on like opposite ends of the spectrum as far as like your tolerance was like much lower. So you were just like, okay, whatever, I'm done. Like, this is too much. This is exhausting. I'm done. I cannot tolerate this. I'm annoyed. Whereas like my thing is like, I'm a huge people pleaser, like almost to a fault where like I end up putting other people's insecurities or like other people's issues ahead of mine. And then my issues start to like kind of snowball until they're too big. And then something just like it just blows up where I'm like, whoa, I haven't been dealing with all of my things for all this time. So now and now I've been dealing with your things, but now I resent you because it took away from me. Mm hmm. But yeah, <laughs> it's it's um a different like kind of feelings leading up to things, I think, that we've experienced, but with a similar outcome. Oh, God, I feel like I am constantly just everything comes back to this for me, but it's like communication. Communication is so important. And but also that kind of goes inward too, like being able to grapple with your own shit and work that out and mm-hmm. and being able like having the guts to be honest with yourself mm-hmm. because sometimes it's you know there were a lot of times with my college friend that I wanted to I was just like I can't I can't do this anymore like this it just soaks it takes so much – this friendship takes so much energy out of me because I can't control her. Again, the control thing. But I didn't have the courage to really either try to fix it consistently, like working on it because, you know, I think we were just really young. Or, and I also – I mean, did you not have the courage or did you just not have the knowledge that, like, that's what was happening? Well, I just think it was – uh, I I don't know. I think because I was still so young, I still had that feeling of, you know, like we were talking about with your high school friends. It feel like when uh, like when you have like your close group of friends in high school and then something happens and they're not your friend anymore. It feels like this hole in your life. And I still felt that way. Whereas like even though there was a lot, it was really rocky. It just felt I don't know. Like it just it just seemed impossible to not have her in my life at all. Yes. Be- especially because of like our how our social circle was um that would have just it just seemed easier to uh, you know and I had known her for so long that it just seemed easier to try to keep making it work which I don't necessarily 
regret. Um, but I wish I had done it differently. And instead of just, I don't know, instead of just building to this moment of, well, fuck you then, because then it, I mean, I think I finally had the courage to do it then because our lives were already starting to go into, into different directions. Like she had a group of friends that I was like, I was friendly with, but they weren't my friends. And like, we didn't cross paths. And like, I had a group of friends that she didn't really hang out with anymore. And so it was, it was much easier to just say, to wipe my hands and be like, you know what, this isn't working anymore. Because then I didn't have to run into her if I didn't want to. And I didn't, I was about to graduate that year. And, and while it really sucked and it like, it still really hurt me. And again, I, I took that hurt and I interpreted it into anger and like defensiveness. And instead of just saying like, yeah, you know what? I did a thing that was fucked up, but there was a lot that led into this, that led to this moment and this decision. I just turned everything into, well, she did this, 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 and this. So I don't even care. And yeah, yeah. I think that's a huge difference of having, um, like a lifelong relationship or like friendship or fairly lifelong. Like you guys, you know, if you know somebody in like middle school, you like go through being a kid to being a teen to being an adult. But I feel like it's harder to make friends now as an adult. It's harder to like just go out and be like, hey, do you want to be friends? (laughs) Like that Mm -hmm. part is really hard, but it's easier to establish like what you're seeking out of a relationship or like what you're seeking out of a friendship than it was back then. Because like you said, you couldn't imagine not having her in your life, but also she wasn't necessarily serving your life any purpose at that moment in time. So like if there was somebody as an adult, like, okay, we go out for drinks or like we go get coffee or we go do whatever a few times. And then like, if they're no longer serving you, like you wish them the best and then you just kind of drift apart. It's not the same as like, still having to see somebody all the time or still like sharing friends with them. Right. And I think it's easier now to be able to, I don't know, identify boundaries. So, Mm -hmm. you know, at that time, you know, in college, like we were all on very similar pages. Like we all went to class. We all went out on a lot of the same nights. We went to the same kind of parties. We, had drank the same kind of things like it was and we you know whatever like we were in college and we that was all we had to think about and worry about and then you know even you know for a couple of years after college like we were all so very young and just still like oh it's like college except now we have money let's go and you know that but now it's like I can look at all of my friends and we are all even though we're all still close everyone is at very different stages. So like I have a couple of friends who have kids and are married and have like already bought a house or two. And then I have friends who are married, but are still like, uh, more adventurous and exploring and, and not really ready to like settle down yet. And then I had friends who are still single and still like trying to actually go out and meet new friends that are also single because those three things don't always add up. And again, Mm -hmm. I think that that circles back to my point of you have to know 
it's okay to be friends with someone and only have them live in one, I don't know, container. Like it's, they ha- they serve this purpose in my life. I can't expect them to serve all of the all of the things that I need from my friends. I have certain friends that I go to for certain uh, issues or to talk about certain things. I share certain interests with them. And I have other friends who, if I am like really feeling like going out or just, you know, I don't know, whatever, then I go with them. But I can't expect them to do everything. No, totally. And I think that that's good to like, you don't necessarily have to talk about it in all of your relationships or friendships, but like, it's good to know what purpose they serve for you, but like also what purpose you serve for them. So like, are you the person that they go to when they want to party? Because then like, you know, you want to be readily available for them if that's what they need. Or like, um, are you the person that they want to go to when they want to like binge watch a TV show and cry on the couch and eat ice cream. Like who are you to them so that you guys, you can try to find people who are similar that like you guys get the same thing out of. Or, or even like, oh, I, um, suddenly have my evening open. I need to find someone in three hours. Who's going to be ready to just like spontaneously go out with me. Don't call your friends who, you know, for a fact needs to have, you know, a week's notice because that's, again, just setting you up for failure. It's setting you up to be, or for me, it's setting me up to be upset that, you know, and feel like my friends aren't supportive when really you're just not respecting their boundaries. Totally true. I will also speak to like um, something interesting, kind of changing topics a little bit here, but something interesting that's happened to me recently is like I've recently in the last year, like obviously really kind of narrowed my friendship circle, which, you know, there's like been a lot of things that have happened in the last couple of years of my life. Like, you know, I got a divorce and then I moved across the country and I'm 5,000 miles away from all of my friends. But like when I was in New York, I lived a very social life. I was constantly out, constantly hanging out with people. You know, if I needed to fill some space with somebody, if I, if somebody couldn't hang out, then I could move on to the next person. And there was always somebody to like hang out, go do something with whatever. And there was a very large group of friends who all kind of just interacted together. But in Alaska, I don't have that. And it's been really interesting to see the way that people have reacted to my things. And it's been interesting to see like who was kind of, and I don't mean this in a bad way. So I hope that like nobody um, listening interprets this as like me being insensitive, but um, who was kind of just a placeholder or like who was kind of just a boredom filler for me and then who and probably also for them oh yeah to- yeah for them too I'm sure and then like who was somebody that is still in contact with me or like still thinks about me or whatever and who do I have the desire to reach out to or like who do I miss versus who I'm like oh like we had some really fun times but I don't really miss them like you know if I never saw them again that would be sad. Obviously, like you don't want somebody to like die and you never see them again. Like that's sad. But also I'm not really going out of my way to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also the people that's like, you don't think to text them with every little thing or just like one random thought, but you do. You're like, oh, 
that person was really cool. I'm just going to text them and check in and just let them know that I was thinking about them. Like those, those kinds of relationships are good too. And I, I think that a lot of my, um, like the girls that I was really, really close with in, in high school, like we don't hang out on a regular basis, but every once in a while I, you know, will be like, Oh, Hey, like, how are you, how are you guys doing? Or like ask them about, you know, I don't know, whatever. And like, I think those are really important to have too, because there's history there. Mm -hmm. And if they're good people, then, you know, you don't need to, you don't need, there's no, it's not like there's no gray area, like your best friends, your ride or dies or nothing. (laughs) Right. No, I agree. I will say that, like, I think there's, um, it's funny because I work with a girl who, um, like I just talked to her about my life or whatever. So like I work with her and she is constantly making fun of me because like I call everybody my best friends. Like I'll say, oh yeah, like me and my best friend started a podcast or like when my friend Andy was up visiting me a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh yeah, my best friend's here to visit. And she's like, wait, which best friend are you talking about? And I'm like, you can have more than one like best friend. It doesn't like I don't need I don't feel the need to like rate my friendships. Like MySpace is not as much as we love MySpace, <laughs> like MySpace top eights are not a thing. No, and it's funny because like the people that I call my best friends are like the people that were in my wedding. So like, you know, obviously like you're <laughs> number one on that. Like I guess like number one, because like we've been friends for suck it bitches, (laughs) but like we've been friends for like longer, the longest. So like you're my longest best friend, but then Mm -hmm. there's like my work best friend who like I met at work or then there's my college best friend. Like there's different categories of like best friends. And I would say that like, those are kind of like my circle, like those are my people. And then there's like separate from that, like my close friends. And then there's Mm -hmm. a branch out from that, my friends, and then a branch out from that, like acquaintances. Mm -hmm. I I think that's also an interesting thing that I just thought of, uh, work friends. I, I think especially, um, in my industry, uh, so I work in, in advertising. Um, and so you can, especially when you work a place for a long time, like you end up spending a lot of time with the people that you work with or who are on your direct team. And like you, you know, kind of have really shitty clients sometimes or like really impossible projects that are really stressful and you end up bonding a lot or you just work at a really shitty agency. And so you end up bonding with those people like the first agency that I worked at, they were a sham, but they <laughs> they they uh, just were cheap. And so they only hired new people like for, uh, like entry level people, essentially. I mean, not obviously not exclusively, but the majority of our agency was really young people. And so we and it was just kind of shitty. And so we would hang out all the time outside of work. Cause like we were, we were spending all day long at work and like while we were working, we were socializing all the time. So we were like hanging out all the time, but then we like worked in this little like kind of neighborhood ish thing where that just had bars and restaurants all around us. And so like we would then like leave work and go drink together for hours. And so like 
I, for a long time, had a group of people who were like my best friends because I spent so much time with them, like work time and social time. And eventually we all went on to go work at better places. Even that, like we still like will come together for once in a while and like go to happy hour, like someone will host something at their house and it's still fun. And I still love those people, but like you don't talk to them as much anymore. So like you naturally just kind of like grow apart in a way. Yes. (laughs) Work. Yeah. Work friends are interesting. Like how you were saying, like it can go, you can like kind of bond over other stuff. It's interesting though, like the opposite way of you can, like you really kind of have to be careful with those relationships. I would say as an adult, like more than other relationships, because you're forced to be around those people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess it it just depends or you just have to have your your boundaries or like no or just have dirt on the other person. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I guess I never uh, because then after I left that agency, I went and worked at um another place where I had I just I had a lot of issues with the with the couple of people that I worked with. And but then also on the other end there was like two two or three people that I ended up becoming really close with because like we could all bond over how much we hated the other people. And, and like, we're and again, like we're still, we're still friends with them today. Like, so, you know, and they're, they're great. Um, it's just, I, yeah, I think you have to like suss out that, that relationship because, you know, not, not all just because you work with someone doesn't mean it's going to be fun. Yeah. I think that, um, like not necessarily in summary, but kind of in summary, my favorite relationships or the favorite, like speaking to what our kind of original topic was of um, like, how do you let go of a relationship that no longer serves you? Like, I think that you just kind of bump them down a notch. So they go from like your close friend circle to your friend circle, then from your friend circle to your acquaintance circle. And it just kind of happens naturally. But I would say like my favorite type of relationship, obviously like you and I talk every single day and like, I love that. Like I value that so much, but like, could I do that with multiple people? No, because it's time consuming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, um, my favorite kind of relationship is the one or friendship is the one that you don't have to say like, Hey, sorry that we haven't talked in so long. It's just kind of like a mutual understanding and like you don't need to apologize because you know that the other person's busy and like, you know, my friend Jen and I just caught up. um, I call her like my best friend from college. So she's in the best friend category and she has like the from college thing added to her name. Um, But we just talked this morning for the first time in like probably a month, like in depth. I mean, we'll send each other like a Snapchat or like a picture here or there, you know, say hey. But like we just talked for like an hour this morning for the first time in like a while. And she was like, you know, I need to be better about calling you. And I was like, no, like I do too. It's like, it's fine. We're on the same page. Neither of us are offended. Cool. Move on. Pick up where we left off. What have you been up to? See, that's the important part. So yeah, like I agree with you on like where you started this, where you're like, okay, well, if this person is no longer like serving the role that they once had, then yeah, like maybe they start like moving down the list or whatever. But I think that 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 comes after you – 
I think there's other stages. I first need to identify that the feeling that something's different, like something's not happening. Like I need this person serves this role in my life and I am not getting something from them that makes me feel fulfilled in this friendship. There is probably a million scenarios of why that would be and the different actions that you would take depending on what that is. But if it's like, oh, like I expect this person, like if you suddenly, like if I was texting you and you just like stopped responding to me or like if I didn't hear from you for days, like that would be, or, you know, in that way. And then you would like come back and text me and like every couple of days and be like, oh, sorry, I was busy. And, you know, and like our conversations just started getting weird like that. And that happened for an extended period of time. Then I would have to be like, okay, I feel like something's happening here. Like we normally are, you know, more communicative than this. It feels like something's wrong. Like, can we talk about this? And, and then, you know, you kind of follow that path. You have done that to me before, which is – Yeah. And that's how we – like going back to earlier in the episode, you mentioned like, you know, I was like dealing with some stuff that I just like wasn't ready to talk about out loud yet. And like it did start affecting my relationships with people and you did call me out on it and you were like, hey, like I kind of feel like I'm putting in – a little bit more effort here. And I was just wondering if like I'm doing something or like if you need to tell me anything or like what's going on. And I think that that really helped us to go back into like that you're my number one best friend role because it helped me to, it kind of like opened the door for me to be like, okay, listen, buckle up. Here's what's really been going on. And this is why I've been pushing people away. And it helped me to realize that too. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that could have gone like one way or another, like you were saying, like you bring it up and it either opens up a line for communication about something that is going on, or it's just like, no, nothing's going on. Like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. And then that's kind of when you either decide to like, maintain at the level you're at, bump them up back to the number one best friend level or bump them down into like a good friend. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's exactly the point is because if that, because to your point, that could have gone a different way. If you weren't ready to talk about it, you could have been like, well, yeah, there are some things going on. I'm just not in a place where I'm ready to share it. Just know that like there's nothing wrong between you and I you know, at some point we will talk about this. It just can't be now. And that would have been fine. And then, you know, in your analogy, like you get to stay at the number one spot (laughs) on the top eight because I can now, I now have the insight that something is happening and I just need to create space for you to continue to work on it, not feel pressured by me because one, it's, you don't have to tell me anything, but now that I know that there is something going on, like I can create space. Like if you need to talk to me, I'm here. If not, um, no worries. Like we'll, you know, figure this out now, had it gone a different way where you were just like, like you said, like, "Mm, no, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, sorry, you feel that way. Then it would have been like, ah, yeah, that sucks. Okay. Guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, 
because I can't leave this alone. Like communication is so important. And, and just know that if you guys listening are in that position where like you are the reason that, you know, if you're the reason that there is some kind of tension with your friends, like you don't have to, and you're just not ready to talk about it. You don't have to, but you should find some way of communicating to them that can like meet if they are really like your best friends like you there there's ways to like meet that need for them um as well as still protecting yourself and your own comfort levels and if you have right. good friends i think everyone would be gucci with that right and also like approaching it in a way like with our situation kind of how you did cuz like it was something that once you pointed it out to me i noticed but in the moment, which usually I'm a really like in tune person with things like that. So I really try to pick up on like other people's feelings, but like in that moment or like in those couple of months, I truly did not realize that like I was changing anything in our relationship or that like I was acting any different because I thought that I was doing a good job at hiding like the, the things, the internal things that I was struggling with. And it's so it was like so helpful for you to point it out in a way that wasn't like an attack and it was just like a hey like I've noticed something is different what's going on instead Mm -hmm. of you know because like had I realized that I was making you feel that way I might have like approached it earlier started talking to you about it earlier I was just like okay I got this I can deal with this on my own like I'm not ready to talk about it out loud yet because then I have to admit that it's real and I don't want to so I'm just going to internalize this. But with that, I ended up pushing people away that I didn't even realize I was doing. Did anyone else ever like say anything like that to you? I think like once I started like talking about like I wasn't happy and like things are, you know, whatever going on, um, other people said like, yeah, I've noticed that. But nobody else like I don't recall anybody else specifically approaching me like you Mm -hmm. did. So Mm -hmm. you got the number one spot. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, so that's important. Communication is super important, um, you know, on both ends. So like communicating if, you know, something's going on and it's just like, hey, this isn't you, it's me, just so you know, or just communicating like, hey, are you good? I've noticed you're a little bit different. Things feel a little bit different. Just checking in. Like on a deeper level other than like, hey, how's your day? But like I'm actually doing like a mental check-in. And I think that's important important to, um, I don't know. I think some people are just like, I don't know what to say, which I absolutely understand. But at least like, I think effort or just, um, just making the small action just to be like, Hey, I'm just checking in. Just letting you know, I'm here. Like no action items carry on. Just know I love you. Like that is that I think those that also says something too, but yeah, ultimately I just think, you know, try not to take everything super to heart at first. Um, if things are changing, try to take note of it, try to, you know, rational, not rationalize it. That's, you don't need to make excuses for it, but I think you need to, uh, take inventory of and try to articulate as best you can why you think things have changed or what you're feeling, what's different, um, in a very neutral way to be able to try to talk through that. And, and, you know, also you don't have to, cause if a friendship is no longer good, like if the the other person is just not treating you well, you don't have to try to work it out and try to change them if that's not what you want. You can also just be like, listen, 
this isn't serving me. I, this doesn't work in, in my life and what I want. It's bringing me a lot of negativity that I, and I just don't think that this is, we're on the same path right now. And I think that those steps also work in that scenario, trying to take inventory of what is not vibing with you and just being very clear on your boundaries and being like, I'm, you know, this just isn't, this isn't going to work. We can still have a relationship if that's what you want, but we need, I need distance. Like I need, I need space. Yeah. And explaining yourself to like your own comfort level. Like I feel like if you don't feel like the relationship is worthy of an explanation of why it's done, I mean, maybe, maybe leave that out. Or if you feel like, you know, you still care about that person. But if that person is like completely toxic to you and it's just like, wow, this is like really bad for my own mental health and this just feels not good for me, then like you do whatever is at your own comfort level to stop feeling that way without over, like you don't owe everybody an explanation. And that's the beautiful part about growing and maturing and becoming an adult. You learn who deserves an explanation and who does not. Right. There's a million scenarios that this can go down. And um, I don't have that level of detail from um, my friend that sent me the the request. But I, yeah, I think those are just the the top level like principles that I would follow now, like even looking back on how I've handled other things instead of I wish I had been less defensive and less just pointing fingers the other way instead of just being real and being like, listen, I, I fucked up, you fucked up. But at the, at the end of this, this just isn't serving me. And I'm sorry that it had to end this way, but we, we gotta, we gotta get some space. Um, I think that would have been a much, much better They And you know, the person probably will not receive that information well, but that's not always your, that's not your problem either. You can only control you and how you feel and how your message is coming out and you can't control how they how they receive it. So, yeah, I think that would be my my biggest piece of advice for that. And just know that nothing's permanent. People change if they want to. Um so maybe at a different point down the road, it doesn't have to be goodbye forever. It could just be like, "Hey, we just got we got to put this on pause for a second. Yeah, or like just enjoy the beauty of respecting each other's path and respecting each other's um, differences. And sometimes that can even bring you closer. Like to acknowledge differences brings people closer, which is kind of what we're seeing in the whole world right now. (laughs) Yeah, and I want to say like also I think it's really easy to sit here and talk about it at like a thousand foot level. (laughs) And like when we're not actually going through it, it is so much harder um, to actually live it and to do it than it is to just say like, yeah, like no. you should just have an open conversation. Like sometimes that shit Literally. is hard. I was like in bed for days, like going through a breakup when my friend and I had that and like it sucked. Like I cried. I was like overanalyzing everything. Like is not easy. We get it. We're not therapists. Well, I'm a therapist, not that kind of therapist. We're not <laughs> therapists, but we're here for you. <laughs> if you have any like things you want to work out, shoot us a message. We hope that you always put yourself first in all of your relationships because you cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot 
make others happy before you make yourself happy. And therapy is for everyone. Therapy is so good. Go to therapy. This is a whole other episode. (laughs) Oh my God, it is. I believe in therapy so hard. Um, for yourself, for couples, for like, if even if things aren't bad, that's the perfect time to go to therapy. Main maintenance. It's like a car. You don't wait until your car is exploding to change the oil. Amen, (laughs) sister. Yeah. Preventative action. Yeah. I would love to get rid of any like stigmas around that. Like I, so Rob and I go to couples therapy and I I remember mentioning that to my mom for the first time. She's like, why are you okay oh my god who cheated like no yeah I'm like um because we want to have a good relationship because we need somebody to tell us how to love each other it's not like that people stop okay that's a whole (laughs) a whole different episode I think we should do yeah yeah okay I want to say I want to finish this out by saying like we hope that your friendship stays strong but your drink stays stronger but then like I don't know which one should be stronger. So I hope that your friendships and your drinks are equally fucking strong. I will say I that would just kill me because like these days I can't have two glasses of wine without just being completely no. wrecked. You know, see, like I would say, I feel like a couple years ago I'd say that I hope your drinks stay stronger. But right now, like let's just keep your drinks strong, but your friendships need to be stronger. Yes. My God, especially in 2020, (laughs) keep those fucking friendships strong. And also keep drinking through 2020. Okay. Thank you for listening to episode eight. Um, Shoot us a message if you liked what you heard. Also, like we said earlier, this thought or this topic was kind of brought to us by a listener. If you have anything you want to hear our, you know, super professional expert, (laughs) (laughs) we are so wise advice on let us no. Um, yeah. And also not that, we, you know, we're just going to keep asking you guys for things. Um, if you um, are liking what you're hearing from us, please leave us an iTunes review. First of all, we love reading them because we love being praised, um, but we like to. <laughs> because we need it. We're only children and we just need that kind of attention. <laughs> uh, but also I've been sharing them on um, the Instagram a- account too. <laughs> So you can get a little you publicity. Get featured and you get cute little, our cute little bitmojis, which we have been having way too much fun about. Um, yeah, we've been putting our bitmojis like high-fiving each other and stuff. So look out for those. There might be a couple of bitmojis of us with like a poop shirt on. It's funny. We've been having fun with it. So just roll with us. With Roll with it with us. Like let us have our bitmoji moment and give us a review so we can have more of them. Thanks. And then you can find them. You can find them on our Instagram at likehonestlypod. Um, give us a follow. Give us a, a review. Continue listening. Tell a friend even. Um, we love all of it. Just, you know, keep doing things for us. <laughs> keep happy. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, guys.